today on It's Time. The power of God via the invisible Holy Spirit comes and cleanses us from every sin because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 2 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. And this morning, if you have your Bible, I'd invite you to open them to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Looking at this book, written by an elder statesman, the Apostle Paul, to a young minister, probably about 35 years old. And he writes these things because he wants to encourage Timothy, because Paul knows the battle and the life of a Christian sometimes gets hard. Now, we're in a world today that is very cushy and very plush and, well, just give me an overstuffed couch and my bag of Doritos and my favorite game on TV. I'm good. Well, we're going to look and see what it takes to be a Christian this morning. Father, as we go to your word, we ask you that you would speak to us, that you'd give us your wisdom that comes only from you, that you would inspire us. And God, that We would never be the same after hearing your word as we never are. We just always grow and mature when we hear your word go into our hearts. So, Father, this morning, may you fill our hearts with your love. May you give us that love for the lost, that compassion that we need. And so we ask you now, in Jesus' name, amen. We remember when we left off last week, 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first part of the chapter... We find Paul writing, he says, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. One of the things that Paul was very much aware of, and I think any spirit-filled believer is, is the awareness of time. Now, time is important because time is all that separates your lost loved ones that are not born again from an eternal, fiery hell, okay? I know some people don't like to hear about that. H-E, double hockey stick word, but it's very real. Jesus spoke 11 times about it in the Gospels. Well, what's important is time, if you're a Christian, is on your side. Because time allows you to be able to reach out to the lost that need to hear the Gospel. He tells us in the last days, there's going to be perilous times, or as we would want to understand it, Um, fearful times. I think we see that. I don't think you can pick up a newspaper, watch the evening news without going, hmm, now that could keep you awake all night. Well, what will it be like? Paul reveals this to us, and I believe he was divinely inspired in the gift of prophecy to be able to reveal these things for us even today. And I always like to find myself in prophecy. I like to find myself... In the timeline of prophecy, I believe we're living in the last days. And because I believe that, I 
would find that these are eye marks of what we will find as we live our lives for Christ each day and what we're up against in communicating the gospel to an unsaved, lost world. He said men will be lovers of themselves. And what, again, we talked about this last week quite in-depthly. Everything about our society today is all about me. Self magazine. The me magazine. Everything's about you. You can have it your way. Well, we look at all that. And we realize that it's all about me. It's all about I. It's all about self. It says also there'll be lovers of money. Boasters. And this means false claimers, if you will. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Probably, I don't think there's a, a time any more pointed than right now of children being disobedient to their parents. And so he says, unthankful, unholy, unloving, and this simply means without natural affection that you would normally have, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. This just kind of identifies, I think, so very well our present-day society. And the thing is, what we have to be aware of, it hasn't always been this way. You know, I I was watching some newsreels from the Second World War, and I watched a lot of the American GIs selflessly laying their life down for their fellow soldiers and for our country. I I wonder today if we got into war like... uh, um, Pearl Harbor and the Second World War, if we could win. Because we have a different mindset today. We have the me generation. What is it going to do for me? I had a person come up to me one time and he looked at me and he said, what's this church going to do for me? And I said, well, for you, probably nothing. Because of this reason. Church isn't about me. It's about God. It's about what God wants to do in communicating his truth to equip you. To meet the battle ahead. Do you realize that all of us tomorrow are going to face challenges? And so for some of us, new challenges that we've never faced before. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, you might go into the dentist and the dentist might look at you and say, I can't save that tooth. It looks like you're going to have to have that removed. That might be a new challenge to you. Or a doctor may say to you, do you realize that you have cancer? Or do you realize... And somebody might knock on your door that your loved one just died. There's a lot of challenges each day. And when we just think every day remains the same, we're fooling ourselves because God tells us we need to equip ourselves. Why? There are challenges ahead. Now, somebody said to me one time, they were very serious. I remember distinctly where I was at. I was at Simon Dam on his boat. And he looked at me and he said, are you telling me that God is preparing us for what we're, we're going through right now for the days to come because I've been through bankruptcy this year. I've been through a divorce. I've been through all these things. And if God is preparing me for what's to come, my God, what is coming? I said, well, that's a good statement. That's an interesting thought. And do you know what I have found as I look at newsreels again of people around the world? As I look at the footages of, of, of people that are involved in war-torn cities, you, you can't help but have compassion 
on the people in Syria, no matter what side of the battle you're on. I mean, these poor people, they don't have much to begin with. And then you look at their whole cities with the windows blown out, the whole sides of buildings gone, and they don't have anything to begin with, and now they have even less. And you realize that we're in a world that is horribly fallen. But you see, the me world never even considers anybody else. Because it's all about me. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure. And unfortunately, the church can get sucked into this. And this is why Paul, writing to this young minister, is saying, be careful, Timothy. Don't let your heart be sucked in by a society that is perishing. He says, they'll have a form of godliness, but deny the power and from such people turn away. Now, what is the power of God? The power of God is to forgive sins. Do you know only God forgives sins? You, you can kind of psychobabble yourself away. You can say, I'm not a sinner, I'm not a sinner, I'm not a sinner. But you're still a sinner. Only God can forgive sins. The power of God, via the invisible Holy Spirit, comes and cleanses us from every sin because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So important to always remember why we're good. Uh, our goodness, friends, is never generated by ourselves. Our goodness is given to us from Jesus Christ, the author, the finisher of our faith. Now, first of all, that should make every one of you feel really good. Why is that? Well, first of all, if I'm not the generator of my righteousness, that means I get it from somewhere else, and that takes the stress and the burden off of me. Isn't that great to know? Because if you're generating it yourself, how good do you got to be to be good? As long as I'm better than that person over there, I'm okay. Is that the standard? No. It's how do you stack up to Jesus? Well, when we realize that we're all sinners saved by grace... There's none righteous, no, not one. But that takes all the burden off of me. God, cleanse me, clothe me with your righteousness. That's why you're good. That's why I'm good. God has wrapped us in his righteousness. Friends, that's what's so important in the days that we live in. Because it's not something we do. It's something God has done for us. And friends, that's always what the gospel is. The gospel is not what you should be doing. It is what God has done for you. Greater love hath no man than he lay his life down for a friend. So he says, for of this sorts, there are those who creep into households and make captive of gullible women loaded down with sins led away by various lusts. Now, this is kind of an unusual verse. But let's look at it real quick. There's those of sort who creep into households. It's one thing to have the problems on the outside. It's another thing when it creeps into our households, to our homes. I think of oftentimes people driven by greed and what they do. Sometimes as it comes in through television. Sometimes as you watch even what we would call Christian television, where, brothers and sisters, if you'll just send in that hundred dollars, I'll send you a wallet that will always be full of money. And you go, really? You know, and I always wonder why this guy didn't use his own wallet for his own thing, but instead he's trying to sell it to somebody else. You'll find people trying to sell holy water. Do you know the only thing that makes something holy is God? 
I, I, I'm, I'm surprised you don't have the TV. You know, remember when Jesus spit on the dirt, made clay and put it on the blind man's eyes? If you'll send in your money today, we'll send you some glorious mud. You look at the charlatans that operate within the, the Christian world. This is what he's talking about. And it leads people captive. They creep in and they take advantage of people. Not really addressing the sin issue in a person's life, but placating to the selfish part and the lust thereof. And so he says, they're laden down with sins, led away by various lusts. Instead of the conviction of the Holy Spirit to lead them out of the lust, to lead them out of their sins, it placates it and they move the focus from rather the salvation of Jesus Christ into getting rich, getting your wallet that will always be full, getting that special anointing water, go down to the car dealership and take some of our special anointing water and pour it on the car in the showroom that you want. Crazy stuff. Well, he says, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why is that? You know, truth is relatively simple. It takes fabrication to make a lie. You know, I know sometimes it's hard sometimes to tell the truth. But, you know, it's always going to be the best. And, you know, you, you, you tell one lie, then you have to tell a bigger one to cover that. And then you have to tell a bigger one to cover that. And pretty soon, the whole, the whole life is a scam. So, can you come to the truth? This is interesting. Herod looked at Jesus. And Herod said, what is truth? And before Jesus could answer, Herod turned and walked away in Jesus' interrogation. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now, a couple of characters. Janus and Jambres resisted Moses. Now, these are the magicians that we don't find their name recorded for us in the book of Exodus, but evidently in other Hebrew writings, their names were recorded. And for a while, Janus and Jambres could mimic every miracle that Moses did. And that, friends, is the way the world always works. That's the way the devil works. For a while, he can copy what God does. You want to be happy? You want to be at peace? Get loaded. Well, that's a phony, that's a phony solution to your problem. Paul, Peter says, casting all your cares upon him, he cares for you. Now, either you can, your peace can come out of a bottle or out of a bong or out of a doobie, or it can come from Christ Jesus. Now, they both, for a while, will provide that pause that refreshes. But the problem is it won't last nor could Janus and Jambres, what they were doing to rival the miracles that Moses was doing by the will of God, for a while it will work. There is fun in sin for a season, but in the end there's a price to pay. And this is one of the things the Bible always warns us about, is when we become a Christian, God be- allows us as his people to become aware of time. I like that. In other words, we see the end at the beginning. 
That's what prophecy is. That's why the book of Revelation to me is so important in the church today because we know what's coming. Because God, via the invisible Holy Spirit, causes us to be aware of what's going on. I can see the end at the beginning. Do you know why that's why many Christians stop doing the stupid things we do that we call fun or sin? Because we see the end at the beginning. We, God just supernaturally says, hey, if you continue on in this lifestyle, you're going to die. And we go, yep, I can see that. Why is that? Because we begin to see through the eyes of God eternity. Interestingly enough, it says in Revelation chapter 22 that I am Alpha and, Omega, Alpha and Omega, beginning in the end, first and last. He lives in all times present. Now, wouldn't it be cool if we could do that as well? Man, just think of the lucky lotto numbers. Never mind. But you think about that for a minute. We can live seeing into the future. That's what God does. And so where the world... What you see is what you get. We as Christians can see into eternity. Well, we can see the path. That's why we reach out to our friends. That's why moms and dads, you're so concerned sometimes about your children, maybe your 20-year-old children, because you see the lifestyle they're on. You know where it's going to go. You know they're going to shipwreck. Why do you know that? Because God has given you wisdom. You've lived. You've understood. You stay on that kind of a path, you're going to die. God gives you wisdom. Now, he says, As Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these that resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, disapprove concerning the faith, but they will progress no farther, for their folly will be made manifest to all as theirs also was. What is that saying? Eventually, the lie will end. And that's what, you know, you know, really, that's what the whole being unborn again is about. Living the lie. You ever seen that on TV? You know, the guy's leaning up against his yacht. I'm living the dream. No, dude, you're living the lie. Why is that? Because you're going to kick off one of these days, and you're going to leave it all to a guy that never worked a day for it. This is something that really bothered Solomon. If you get into the Ecclesiastes... That kind of a bizarro book, which many people at the time thought it shouldn't even be canonized. But when you really read it, it speaks of the futility of man. You can work your whole life. You can amass a great fortune. Leave it to somebody who will party it away in a month. Isn't that weird? Why? Because they they never had to go through the toil of doing it. That's why the Bible tries to bring balance into our lives. And when we follow him, he tells us, Don't be so greedy that you work yourself to death and don't be lazy so that you're out begging. But how do I keep that balance? God. See, God is the governor of our souls. It isn't that, well, I accepted Christ. I've got fire insurance on that day I kick off. No, it's a way of life. God gives to us his wisdom and his wisdom is what allows us to see into the future. Don't you need that? I do. Boy, I'll tell you, there's people that see into the future in the realtor world. They see a piece of ground. They know that, hey, someday the town is going to move out this way. This property that's $5,000 an acre is someday going to be worth fifty. I remember a couple of people came to my 
my, uh, my, my dad had a friend named Verl. And he, he looked at Verl, uh, 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 th these guys, and, and he, Verl came to my dad and said, Willie, I got this guy. He's an investor, and we can buy 40 acres in Nevada. We can buy 40 acres in Nevada for only like $2,000 for the whole 40 acres. And my dad says, well, where is it at? Well, it's currently where Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard are. It sells for about $2,000 a square inch. And I remember my dad said, way out there? Now, you got to remember back uh, in the mid-50s, Twin Falls and Las Vegas were the same size. Nobody would believe that that would have ever gotten that big. But these investors saw that someday it would get that big. Needless to say, my parents didn't buy it. But the point is, is this. People see things differently. What we need to see is God's plan in the future for us today. Why is that? Because it will help you prepare for what God wants to do in your life. He says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, and we could spend probably a whole, whole uh, Sunday morning on each one of these, but uh, his doctrine. Where'd he get his doctrine? Where'd Paul get his doctrine? Well, people say, well, Paul made up the whole idea of the rapture. Have you ever heard that? I have. Well, really? Well, what about Enoch before the flood? The Bible says Enoch walked with God and God took him. You know, the idea of a rapture seems to be a little hearty har, well, all of a sudden one day we're all here, there's a trumpet blast by Gabriel, and we're all gone. Personally, I can't wait for that. And preferably before a root canal is scheduled. But we all look at this and we realize that God does that. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.